Good afternoon, my fellow Americans. Welcome to Midweek Report. I'm your host, J.W. First, former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers said Joe Biden's verbal attacks on oil companies are not helpful in curbing high gas prices. In a recent interview, he criticized Biden's plan to sell oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Summers asserted that instead of just selling a million barrels per day, the Biden administration should have committed to buying back that oil one year from now at a $10 discount. He then suggested the U.S. Treasury uh, could make a profit on the SPR release. So the government can sell oil for above $100 and promise to buy that oil back in the range of $90, Summers explained. And then a year from now, we'll have the same size strategic petroleum reserve we had before, and we'll have $10 a barrel times, uh, say, 1 million barrels, 100 million barrels of oil, which is a billion dollars. Summers also said the U.S. government must use a modern financial approach to strategic reserves to lock in profits while selling the oil. Next, Biden administration chief of staff Ron Klain claimed the, econ the economy is good despite runaway inflation and surging fuel prices. In an interview on Sunday, he said Joe Biden has created millions of jobs and improved quality of life for millions of Americans. Thanks to the success, sorry, thanks to the success, President Biden has had in vaccinating over 225 million Americans, boosting over 100 million Americans. America's back to work, stated the White House official. However, Republican lawmakers pointed out that shutting down and then reopening businesses is not the same as actually creating jobs. Meanwhile, the U.S. inflation rate accelerated to almost 8% in January, and fuel costs have risen twofold since Joe Biden took office. Gas prices are a problem, absolutely, Klain admitted. That's why the president took the actions he took this week to release a million barrels a day from the Strategic Petroleum Reserves to tell the oil companies that either need to pump oil, they either need to pump oil on the 9,000 permits they have or give them back for others to do that. To increase production here, those things we think are going to bring down the price of gasoline, gasoline relieve some of the pain at the pump. In remarks at the White House, Biden sought to blame oil companies and Putin for the pain at the pump millions are experiencing nationwide. However, he insisted his plan to tap the strategic reserves for six months will lower prices fairly significantly. In a recent statement, fourth, uh, 45th President Donald Trump said his predecessor move, predecessor's move is a futile attempt to reduce oil and gasoline prices. Trump then estimated that Biden will deplete the nation's reserves which he said his administration completely filled after decades of being mostly empty. Meanwhile, Biden's budget proposal for 2023 includes a further increase in taxes while oil prices are expected to rise due to his so-called green agenda. Next, top Biden administration officials have continued to fan the flames of the crisis at the southern border. On Sunday, Secretary of State Antony Blinken defended the CDC's announcement last week that it would end the public health measure called Title 42 on May 23rd. The measure was employed by both the Trump and Biden administrations amid the COVID-19 pandemic to turn away migrants at the border due to health concerns. After pressure from progressives, uh, progressive groups suing Biden over keeping the rule in place, it seems he has caved to their demands. 
when asked about the potential downsides to lifting the measure, Blinken uh, pivoted and rambled about the Biden administration's policy goals. We're focused on making sure that people throughout our hemisphere have uh, opportunities at home going forward so they're not faced with these this really hard choice of leaving everything behind and trying to come to the United States, stated the official. So building that kind of opportunity, building what one of my colleagues has called a right to remain is our focus. Additionally, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas hid behind the different missions of the CDC uh, and his agency by stressing it's the CDC's responsibility to enforce health measures while the DHS focuses on immigration issues. During an interview last week, Mayorkas tried to brush off the fact that uh, border agents allegedly see around 7,000 migrants per day. According to report, that number could jump to 18,000 encounters per day after Title 42 ends. The DHS chief went on to claim border agents are well equipped to handle the surge and the agency will actually enforce deportation proceedings. Meanwhile, Democrats are struggling to come together on how to promote the end of Title 42. Despite the Biden administration's adherent defense of the move, several Democrat lawmakers, including Senator Mark Kelly and Joe Manchin, decried the move. They stressed Biden's officials are acting without a plan. Additionally, political analysts are noting the difference in campaign styles between smart Democrats who are rallying against the economic and political disasters of last year and those who are towing the party line. In the meantime, GOP Representative Mike Gallagher said he's introduced a number of bills to bolster immigration courts and crack down on criminal enterprises south of the border and that he says will combat Biden's open border policies. Gallagher is urging Congress to cancel its upcoming recess to pass measures that will secure the southern border. This comes as U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement officials warn when Title 42 officially ends, there will be a mass migration of... Next, President Joe Biden asserted that Vladimir Putin should be put on trial for war crimes amid reports of civilian deaths among other suspected atrocities by Russian forces in the Ukrainian city of Bukha, as well as other areas. Biden once again condemned Putin as a war criminal on Monday while citing the graphic images emerging from Bukha following the withdrawal of Russian forces. According to the Associated Press, reporters spotted at least two bodies on the street in the city northwest of Kyiv. Ukrainian officials said more than 400 dead civilians have been found in towns in the Kyiv region that Russian forces recently left. You may remember I got criticized for calling Putin a war criminal, Biden stated. Well, the truth of the matter, you saw what happened in Bukha. This warrants him. Uh, he is a war criminal. But we have to gather the information. We have to continue to provide Ukraine with the weapons they need to continue the fight. And we have to gather all the detail. What's happening in Bukha is outrageous and everyone's seen it. Russia's claims, Russia's claims it has no responsibility in the matter. In the meantime, Biden said he plans to slap additional sanctions on the country. This comes as a mass grave site was also discovered in Bukha. There is reportedly evidence that bodies were shot at close range. Ukraine's foreign minister called on the International Criminal Court to collect evidence on Russian war crimes. Nonetheless, the Kremlin has remained sturdy in denying the allegations.
Next, the House Rules Committee advanced the resolution to hold Peter Navarro and Dan Scavino in contempt of Congress in a nine to forty or sorry, a nine to four party vote uh, on Monday. Democrats voted to send the resolution on the full House for a vote. If passed, contempt of Congress charges against the former Trump aides would be referred to the Justice Department for prosecution. This comes after Navarro and Scavino rebuked subpoenas from the January 6th committee while citing executive privilege concerns. Uh, meanwhile, GOP Representative Tom Cole pointed out they were high-ranking officials during the Trump administration. As the committee is well aware, President Trump has repeatedly asserted questions of executive privilege, stated the Oklahoma lawmaker. My understanding is that both of these individuals have complied with President Trump's request and have themselves asserted executive privilege in response to select committees, uh, committees wide-ranging subpoenas, as well as they should have. Uh, indeed, both of these individuals have a legal duty to do so. It's likely the Democrat-controlled House will agree to hold the pair in contempt should the Justice Department prosecute and find them guilty, each could face up to a year behind bars and fines up to $100,000. Next, Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas is calling for the U.S. to immediately impose new sanctions on Russia. In an interview Monday, the Kansas lawmaker said the U.S. should implement all sanctions it's already discussed now instead of waiting till, until June. Uh, the lawmaker pointed out that the rebound of the Russian rubble shows the current sanctions are not working. His comments echoed remarks he made on the Senate floor last month when he said Ukraine needs action now. The United States needs to implement our sanctions today, not yesterday. We don't need to delay until June 24th with a waiver on energy payments from Russian banks. We still have so much more we could do. Uh, Sort of putting American boots on the ground. Marshall asserted that the U.S. needs to be a country of action and fulfill its role as the leader in the free world. This comes as Ukrainian President, President Vladimir uh, Zelensky has urged Western nations to toughen sanctions quickly in order to stop Russia from escalating its attacks on his country. Next, lawmakers in California were hasty in pushing new gun control measures following the tragic shooting deaths of six in Sacramento. While President Joe Biden has since called for increased gun control, the state with the most gun laws, 107 according to the State Firearm Laws Project at Boston University, is looking to add at least 24 more. Governor Gavin Newsom directed lawmakers to craft a gun control bill in a similar fashion to the Texas Heartbeat Bill with the goal of encouraging private citizens to sue the gun industry. A private enforcement mechanism, if you think about it, admit it, it's a private right of action. What does that mean? What it means is that an ordinary person of the community can bring a lawsuit and collect up to $10,000 plus attorney's fees if someone manufactures or transports any weapon manufacturer uh, distributes, uh, transports and ports, somebody goes to out of state and brings in a bunch of weapons they can bring in action uh, ten thousand dollars per now uh, state senator bob hertzberg said anyway, uh 
Should any of these bills make it to the governor's desk to be signed, they will likely face challenges in court. Meanwhile, law enforcement and local communities are holding the shooting suspects accountable for their act. Next, and finally, New York City launched a billboard campaign, an effort to take aim at the state of Florida. On Tuesday, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis targeted New York City Mayor Eric Adams' attempt to persuade Floridians to move to the Big Apple amid its recently passed Parental Rights and Education Bill. During a press conference, Adams announced digital billboards will be displayed in major parts of Florida for eight weeks, inviting people who are upset with Florida's new law to move to New York City. The billboards feature rainbow-colored slogans such as, New York City is alive and so is free speech. This comes despite a recent incident where a mother was fired after, her, after she confronted Adams for keeping the city's school mask mandate for toddlers in place. We are loudly going to show our support and say to those in Florida, we want you here in New York, stated Mayor Adams. We want you right here. We want you right here in New York City. And it's more than just saying that. It's also standing up and aligning ourselves with the men and women of the LGBTQ plus community and stating that we are in unison with you and your right to have self-identification. Meanwhile, DeSantis critiqued Adams' move while describing it as political grandstanding. He also hit back at the mayor's handling of COVID mandates for children. In a statement, Florida's press secretary said Adams' billboards are doing the Sunshine State a favor. The official added, if someone wants to leave Florida for a crime-ridden socialist dystopia, the state will be better off without them. According to data released by the U.S. Census Bureau, more than 300,000 residents fled from Democrat-controlled New York in the past year, in turn making it the nation's leading state for population decline. However, DeSantis is confident nothing will change, and he called out New York for muzzling residents through the force of government. That concludes the Midweek Report. I've been your host, JWR. Remember, stay informed, stay involved. Keep America first, and I will see you all Sunday.